Welcome back to Workwoman. It has been a long time, what seems like a long time since I've recorded one of these, not just on audio, but also on video. So for those of you who have been missing out on the video experience, you're welcome. We are back and it's actually very nice because Will set it up and he does the most amazing setups. Right now, let's set the scene. So it is Monday, November, I think it's the 13th. 16th, just kidding. It is not three days ago. It is Monday, November 16th. Uh, One thing that's good about being really current with these podcasts is it's not like this was recorded like months ago. This was recorded the day before it's released. And I know for our team, especially Will, it's like a little bit of a grind. However, uh, it does allow this content to be so relevant to what we're going through right now. And I think that that's a benefit, especially for today's topic. So today's topic is are we really getting shut down again? Is this really happening? I have to be totally transparent with you guys because this is what you expect from me. So today's Monday. I got this news about Washington being shut down and the new regulations yesterday, Sunday. We had just come off of a large event. We had flown home. We were on the plane for seven hours yesterday. And we have an event at our house right now. And in the middle of all of that, this uh, article gets sent to me by one of our team members, essentially saying that Washington is getting shut down and all of the requirements are going to take place. And so at first, my natural response is, if any of you guys have listened to or um, took part in our emergency business response, I'll like give a, a short pause to, to see if you can know what I'm going to say right now. But for those of you who did participate, uh, the first response is what? What is the question that I asked myself as soon as I saw this? Like this is where like the do, 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 do. Okay. The first question when something like that happens is, am I okay? Like, am I am I going to be okay, Natalie Workman, with this new change, with this new news? I can't start thinking about the team. I can't be thinking about Brandon or my family. I literally, like, when something happens that is a crisis, that is an emergency, the very first thing you have to check is, am I okay? So once you've set the precedent, like, I'm okay, once you've determined that, then you go into these other fields. So for me, the next steps were, our team. Like, how are we going to create stability and a plan for our team? And you start working through that plan. That's what I did for the next, well, to be honest, I was pissed for 30 minutes. I told Brandon, I was like, I need to be left alone for 30 minutes. And I just need to be angry about this because are we really getting shut down again? It's a little hard to really grapple with that this has been going on for as long as it has. Uh, I will never pretend to be perfect and like things don't phase me when something like this happens. Like I was pissed last night for 30 minutes. That's that I gave myself a time frame. I was like, and it didn't even last for 30 minutes, probably last for 18 if I'm totally honest. So like over half of that time. But I think it's okay to be pissed because it's kind of like, what the fuck? Like honestly, like what the fuck is happening? It's 2020 and who would have known that this was gonna happen again? But you get over that because you have to get over that because guess what? You have a responsibility to the people around you to lead in moments like this. Like at the end of the day, that is the only thing that matters. You need to step from are you okay, determine that real fast, and then go to the people who need you and the problems that need to be solved in order to make sure that the course is set correctly. So back in April, I did a podcast. It was actually the second Workwoman podcast. We shifted the whole strategy for Workwoman during the pandemic because 
you guys needed to hear about things that we were doing at Cardo Ventures in order to make sure the team was okay. So on April 14th, I launched an episode called How to Communicate with Your Team in a Crisis. If you are one of the states that is like that has been communicated to that shutdown is happening, I would highly, highly, highly recommend going back and listening to that episode to talk through financial transparency with your team, to talk about how you actually determine which team members to keep, which team members to furlough, all of the things in order to make sure that your business is okay. This is not about anything else besides survival of your business so that you can continue to serve clients and to have a team on the other side of this. Go listen to that episode. Um, but for the rest of you who've already re- listened to that episode, um, so let's acknowledge a couple things before I go into what to actually do over the next couple of weeks. So for Washington, just to give some perspective, this is uh, has been announced as a four-week plan. Um, so a few things that you need to go into this with. The first thing, nobody wants this. No matter what your political views are, you have to come from a place that nobody actually wants to have this shut down. Forget your political views. Your team does not want this to happen. Do not come from a mindset. I've heard business owners do this. Oh, my team would just prefer to live or to work from home and to not actually have to be in the office. That is total bullshit. People at their core want to work. They know that they want to be able to create something that pushes them beyond where they're at today. Every single person on the face of this planet has potential and the idea that some outside factor that they cannot control is stifling that potential is not a good thing. And I I need you to believe in your core that none of your team members are actually wanting this to happen because that is going to allow you to come from the correct place while you are asking these same team members to solve massive problems from your business. But you cannot come from a place, even if in deep down in your core, you do have some jacked up belief around this. We can fix that in another episode. Let's talk about that some other time. But for the purposes of this, you need to come to acknowledgement or acceptance around nobody wants this. Um, The second piece that you need to come into this with is You get a second shot at this. If you have gone through and listened to the previous episode uh, and you didn't do things right the first time, maybe you were wrong the first time, maybe you were so emotional and you retreated instead of really pushed forward, the beautiful part about a second version of this um, time, like the, what am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know why I keep wanting to say times two, but like version two, episode two, the sequel, we're, we're getting the sequel right now, uh, is that you get to rewrite how you handle the situation. And if you retreated last time or you didn't handle it properly, this is your glowing opportunity to end 2020 doing the right thing and showing up for your team, showing up for yourself and showing up for the family that you have that is impacted by the decisions that you get to make. Like your confidence totally gets to be rebuilt in this moment. So congratulations, welcome to phase two. Uh, the third piece that I want to touch on is as you think about communicating this with your team, building a plan, one thing that you must remember is at the end of the day, even though you are a leader, even though you are a business owner, even though you are in this role that might seem burdensome right now, the beautiful part about 
having the opportunity to be in those roles is that you get to decide how you're going to harness the resources around you. And that is what truly creates great leaders and differentiates those that are not great leaders. So think of your team as people who get to help you solve these problems. I am not one to undermine how big some of the problems that you guys have actually are. I get that there are non-essential businesses that have absolutely been shut down. I think of my friends who are in the salon businesses or nail businesses or professional services. My dad is a plastic surgeon. Like I, I understand and that these are very real problems. Uh, but I want to come at that from a different standpoint, which is the only hope that you have of generating revenue, of pushing past this, is you mobilizing the team that you depend on and that depend on you. There is a mute, there's a mutual exchange that gets to take place. So even though you have to figure out all of the hard shit, like, yes, you do have to figure out the hard shit. You have to figure out all of the regulations and which rules you're following and make the tough decisions and potentially put your business at risk and open it up to just obstacles. But you get to choose to engage the team members that you have. And so don't ever forget that this is not just on you and that this is your opportunity to work through this. So let's just continue to paint this scene. Um, this is what I want to get into when it comes to if we're really getting shut down again, which Washington, like that is a yes, maybe in your state, it's a potential. Uh, I want to go through the steps that you're going to take over the next couple of days in order to mobilize this team. So the first piece, you have to acknowledge and get in front of this as fast as possible. Like you could even pause this podcast right now and figure out in this moment the communication plan to acknowledge that this is happening. The last thing that people want to do is confront this. And you can use the excuses that you can make up about maybe it's not going to happen or we don't know all the details yet or let's just wait and see. Forget any of that. Acknowledge this is going on because your team knows that it's going on. It's not like you can hide that all of this conversation is happening in news outlets that is, at this point, unless you're living under a rock, it's pretty inescapable. So acknowledge that there is a second wave that is a potential or, in our case, is actually taking place. That is step one. For us in our all-team morning meeting, this is also the beauty of an all-team morning meeting. It's still blows my mind a little bit after having so many conversations with business owners and sharing the benefits of an all-team meeting, how many choose not to move forward with that as a communication strategy. Because in times like this, that is the best way to get everybody on the same page. And if you're not having something that's recurring like this, it's actually a little bit terrifying for your team. If you're not having an all-team meeting and you just schedule an impromptu meeting, you're not able to communicate efficiency efficiently and your team then knows whenever you put a meeting on the calendar that it's traditionally only a bad thing. That It's only something that bad news comes from. So I will be an advocate forevermore of all-team meetings because it's changed how we've done business. But in an all-team meeting, this is when you would add as a leadership team, when you're doing a touch base, for us, this looks like uh, at the end of the department touch bases in our all-team meeting, I always give the priorities for today or the priorities for the week. And so this morning, I was able to have the most brief touch point with the team. Instead of pretending like nothing was going on, I acknowledged the news that took place. Half of our team is in Washington. Half of them are in Scottsdale. And we also have some in Florida. 
So I acknowledged, hey, I know that this is happening. I saw the news. We are current. We are figuring out what our plan is. What I want you to do, well, I won't go into what I want you to do, but that's the first step is just acknowledging it because pretending like it doesn't exist will make them think that you really have your head in the sand instead of how much proactive work that you actually are doing on the back end in order to mitigate. Second piece, even if you don't have a plan, share what pieces of the plan you do have. Like you thinking that you don't have a plan is actually wrong because you know, okay, if this happens and this is what happens, if this happens and this is what happens, and you're formulating that, when you're doing an acknowledgement, share at least what somebody else can do, meaning your team, in order to get involved. So the example of this for us is I let the team know, hey, by the end of today, we will have these five things figured out based off of the new requirements to know whether or not tomorrow morning we will be working from home. The last thing that you want to do is send an all-team email at the end of a Monday when you've had an all-team touch base in the morning and let everybody know that everyone's going to be working remotely because you knew in the all-team meeting and they knew that you knew that you could have prepped people at that point. So by Tuesday morning's all-team meeting when potentially 30 or 50 75% of the team is working remotely. There's not that weirdness. Uh, so the plan is what they can do. How can they prepare? They can bring anything that they need to work uh, home with them tonight. They can uh, prepare any client folders that might need to be transitioned from a physical drive into a drive that they can uh, actually use from home. There are so many steps that throughout the course of, the, of today they can be taking that make them feel like they are getting ahead of it instead of just being slammed in the face by it when you actually determine what your plan is. The third piece of that is, so you're acknowledging, you're sharing your plan, and then you're creating confidence. This is something that Grant and Elena taught me during this election cycle. And I don't know, I don't know why I've never thought of this before. Uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe I just didn't think it was true, but I, I fully believe in this strategy. And the idea behind creating confidence in this situation is this. A stable piece of bad data is better than a shaky piece of good data. Let me repeat that one more time. A stable piece of bad data is better than a, sh than a shaky piece of good data. So that means when you as a leader are creating confidence in your team, you can be wrong. We need to get past this myth that leaders have to be right 100% of the time. I can say to my team today that we will not be shut down for four weeks and we will do whatever it takes in order to stay open and to serve our clients and to continue to do events. I can say that and have all of the confidence and, and share that confidence with the team in that moment. And that is a better, even if we do get shut down and even if event strategy have to change, that is a better leadership methodology than me leaving room for error or room for opportunity, but being totally right. Some people will very much disagree with me on this philosophy, but the, the, the idea behind this, and this is where I think the disagreement can subside, the idea behind this is at the end of the day, none of us know anyway. None of us knew how the election was going to turn out. None of us knew how the um, shutdown was going to happen. But 
we still had to make movement in the unknown. So taking steps forward and feeling confident through working through one line of framework, one like piece of data, and taking actions to do that is much better than than very little movement because there was wishy-washy in the environment. Like go all in and you are going to be so much better off than if you're still debating and give the team the perspective that you're still debating and then they're not able to focus on the things that they can actually do in order to push the business forward. Uh, I am open to your thoughts and ideas around this and would love if somebody wanted to create a healthy debate on this subject. Um, so I'm opening up to I'm opening up to that. I, I also recognize that the feedback is you could be called a liar, you could be all of these things. Uh, and my overall philosophy is I can I can be wrong. Like it is okay for me to be wrong. And as long as I'm right more times than I'm wrong, and get where I want to go, then it's okay. But most people are so afraid of being wrong that they stay in this wishy-washy place and then the people around them look for other people who are more certain and can create certainty and stability in the environment because they'd rather, everybody would rather be in a certain or stable environment, even if it's going down the wrong path. So create confidence, whatever that looks like. And even if you disagree with me on this, your job in this meeting, in this announcement, is to be able to create confidence. How can you move forward? What will happen? Where can team members start to add in solving problems for you? But you being scared or terrified or blaming other people or adding any of your personal opinions or rhetoric to the conversation is like n not needed. Brandon and I debate on this and whenever um, there's some announcement like this that takes place, he takes he it's either him taking it or it's me taking it both of us do not make announcements like this and when he feels like i'm better to say something because he's worried about sharing his own opinions or you know adding adding shakiness to the conversation he's like you take this and then it makes sense because the team can feel that confidence if you don't have that ability as a leader to not just add in something to persuade people know that that's your weakness a, you could try to get better at it, or B, you could pass that role off to somebody else who can do that while you're focused on the vision stuff, the pushing forward in other areas. Uh, and so the, the last piece of this really is the idea of it's okay to be wrong. I will never forget one of my very first in-person uh, interactions with Grant, and it wasn't like a one-on-one -on -one interaction. There were you know, 34,998 other people in the room, but Brent and I were at GrowthCon in 2018, 2019. Wow, 2019. And uh, it seems like we've known them for years, so it's just wild to me that that was only 2019. Um, but we were... We were in the audience at this big conference with all of these other people in the room, and you would think that Grant's attention in that moment would have been on all of the people that he was delivering a message to, not on his team doing something small that was right or wrong. But when uh, one of his team members who shoots close-up video to him got close with a camera, Grant, in the middle of a keynote presentation, recognizes that the team member has a hat on that is not one of the hats that they were selling at the event is from like their online store and he stops in the middle of his presentation to tell his team member in front of 34,000 people that he needs to take that hat off because they're not selling it at an event it's it was a principle to grant and 
Grant at that moment didn't actually know if they were selling it. He thought that they weren't selling it. But what message did that send? I think it actually turned out that they were selling it, which is why I'm like putting that caveat in. But that's even better because guess what? What did that do? It sets the precedent that it's Grant's way as the leader of that organization. It is Grant's way and Grant is comfortable and 100% confident in Grant being Grant wrong. Grant can handle him being wrong. What he's not going to do is put his leadership team or other team members that he works with in a position of being wrong with him. And I so admire and appreciate that as our organization gets bigger, as our clients' problems get bigger, as the opportunity that we have expands and grows because nobody tells you that it's okay to be wrong or they'll put it in an Instagram post and they they don't actually they don't actually know in the moment what it really means because it's so easy in the moment to choose the wishy-washy way and you look at news outlets you look at leadership speeches i've sat in on so many of them where the the leadership team just waffles back and forth and well if this is one way then it's this and then if this is this and then it's this and it doesn't create clarity and so someone's ability and if you are listening to this still, I'm assuming that you're a leader. We're not talking to anybody who's not a leader or doesn't aspire to be a leader. Your ability to master your own confidence in being wrong is such an important skill set. And it's one that I'm still learning and developing. I, I like to say that I am right 100% of the time, but that should not be the target. And if being right 100% of the time is the target, you have the wrong target because you're not going to get the results that you want because the reality is you can't be right 100% of the time. And if you are, you're likely not pushing forward in big ways that have risk associated with them, that have potential failures, because you're so worried about being small and being right in that small percentage instead of being wrong some of the time, but having big think around you, having big opportunities nearby. So with that, are we really getting shut, shut down again? Sounds like it, looks like it, smells like it. Uh, I want to be a resource to you guys during this time. We are on the fly making things up just like you are. We do not have all of the answers. However, we have been right more than we have been wrong. And what we do know from having gone through this the first time is the decisions that we made created growth in our organization. We tripled the size of our team during that time. We hit five consecutive back-to-back -back months of our highest revenue months. So when it comes to not being right uh, or being wrong, we were not wrong in the way and the methodology that we used last time. I would highly encourage you to join my daily Facebook group because I'm going to be sharing all of the things that we are doing on those lives every morning. I go live at 9.05 each and every morning. Uh, but I want to keep you in the loop. I want to make sure that you are well equipped to handle these things and don't feel like you're having to figure them out alone. So I am looking forward to the stories that come out of this and from the ways that people were resilient. And one of the things that our team is doing right now is focusing on finding the businesses that did listen to our advice and were resilient through this and made pivots and can show success because as soon as we identify those stories and share them with you, uh, your belief lid will be raised around what is possible for you during this time. And 
the tendency to give up will go down because you know that there's another option should you do the right things and make the right decisions and communicate in the proper way to push things forward. So with that, we love you guys. I will do anything and everything I can in order to serve you and direct you in the right direction during this time and let me know if there's anything at all that I can specifically do to help you with. And until next week, I better see each and every one of you on 10X People Skills between now and whenever this craziness subsides. <laughs> <laughs>